Well, praise God, happy Resurrection Day. Uh, we were at the conference yesterday, or not on Friday, I should say, and Dr. Strauss said, hey, every Sunday is Resurrection Sunday. Uh, we meet together, we assemble together on Sunday, the first day, evidently, because that's the Resurrection Day, right? The first day of the week. Uh, and so we understand that, but we, we praise God for a day uh, to focus uh, our hearts uh, upon the resurrection. Are you thankful for the cross this morning? Thankful for the resurrection this morning, the death, burial, and resurrection. Uh, praise God. Isaiah 25 this morning at our Sunday school hour. Isaiah uh, 25 this morning, please. We, uh, as you're turning there, just remind us that we're continuing in this short section of Isaiah, uh, beginning last week in chapter 24 and continuing through 27, chapter 27. A passage has been called the Little Apocalypse. Uh, you will recall uh, last Sunday in chapter 24, the, the passage, that chapter seems to deal primarily uh, with the seven-year, uh, seven there we go, seven-year tribulation period. Uh, and then there at the end of chapter 24, there seems to be uh, an allusion to um, that which follows uh, the millennial reign of Christ, our Savior. Uh, look there with me, please. Isaiah 24, the last verse, verse 23. Uh, then the moon shall be confounded and the sun ashamed um, when the Lord of hosts shall reign in Mount Zion. Uh, there in Jerusalem and in Jerusalem and before his ancients, uh, those who came before the Old Testament saints, no doubt, uh, gloriously. And of course, uh, we look ahead to that day, uh, first to the rapture, uh, then to Lord working to accomplish the salvation of many during the tribulation period, uh, and then to his return with us and his thousand year uh, millennium, uh, where he will reign gloriously. Uh, during that time. So uh, in this section of the book, The Little Apocalypse, uh, we've seen uh, now, as, as I've said, <laughs> the, the tribulation, the difficulties, uh, Brother Richard, the, the great difficulty of that time, uh, really from this point forward focuses on the millennial uh, reign of Christ and, and different aspects of it. So uh, it becomes very positive uh, and encouraging. Of course, Zach, if we have a right view of the tribulation, that's encouraging as well. The Lord investing uh, in uh, bringing his people to himself uh, through the trial and tribulation of that time. But uh, blessings of the millennium now this morning uh, here in, in verse 25. Did I pray yet? I better pray. I know why I can't keep that straight, Brother Gary. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, this morning for uh, this day, uh, this Resurrection Sunday. Lord, we thank you for the cross, for the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ our Savior. Lord, we thank you for our Bibles this morning. We thank you, Father, for all of your words. Lord, I pray that uh, you'd encourage us this morning as we look here uh, into Isaiah 25 and, and prophecy regarding, uh, prophecy regarding um, various blessings uh, of the millennial reign of our Savior, uh, Lord Jesus. Father, I pray this morning as we see um, Isaiah's response uh, to the truths that you revealed to him and now through him, Lord, I pray we consider that response and uh, respond as he did uh, with, with joy, 
uh, with worship, with uh, praise, uh, Lord, with the desire that uh, you be exalted uh, through our mouths and through our lives. Lord, I love you. I thank you. I pray now in Jesus' name. Uh, amen. Okay, we're ready for Isaiah uh, chapter 25, uh, beginning in verse 1. Um, as I prayed, we see Isaiah responding to that which the Lord has revealed to him. So he's responding in his day for several verses, uh, and then we'll see the response of the people that he is prophesying. Uh, so, so there'll be allusions to blessings during the millennium. Uh, he'll, so he'll prophesy that together with prophesying how the people uh, will respond to those blessings uh, in that day. So uh, the prophet and the people, if you'd like to have some peas for your outline. So uh, beginning here in verse 1, we see Isaiah praise the Lord uh, for his faithfulness uh, and truth. Uh, verse 1, O Lord, he says, thou art my God. He says, I will exalt thee. Uh, lift thee up and, and make thee seen. Uh, I will praise thy name, uh, for thou hast done wonderful things. Why? He says, Lord, for you uh, have done, thou hast done wonderful things. He says, thy counsels of old are faithfulness and truth. Uh, Zach, what would be his counsels of old? How, how might you understand that? What would be one way to understand that at least? His, his words, I think that that probably be the best way. Uh, uh, thy counsels of old are, are faithfulness and in truth. Uh, go back and look here and see what, what Isaiah says he will do. He's praying to the Lord uh, as the Lord is revealing this truth to him. He says, I will exalt thee. He, he desires that God would be magnified, uh, no doubt, in his life and, and through his ministry. Uh, the psalmists, of course, have... Uh, written much about a godly desire to exalt the Lord rather than uh, to be exalted themselves. In Psalm 99 and verse 5, the psalmist says, Exalt ye the Lord our God. That's a command from the Lord. Uh, Psalm 99.5, Exalt ye the Lord and worship at his footstool, for he is holy. And, and again, uh, indeed, he is uh, we're commanded to exalt the Lord, to make him known, to make him seen, uh, to make him big and visible in and through our lives. I'll give you one more. Uh, Psalm 34 and verse 3, the psalmist says, Oh, magnify the Lord with me. So as, as, as he uh, desires to make the Lord known, to make the Lord seen, to make the Lord visible, uh, he says, hey, join in, do, do that with me. There's a uh, sort of an allusion to his leadership in that and, and, a, and a call that God's people would join in uh, to that effort. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name uh, together. Rich, that's the business to which we are called. And uh, if our focus is on the Lord and all the truth uh, that we have regarding him, the desire to exalt him is just... Uh, well, I was going to say it comes naturally, but it comes supernaturally. It comes supernaturally. Uh, he says, oh, Lord, thou art my God. I will exalt thee, not myself, but Lord you. He says, I will praise thy name. Why? For thou hast done wonderful things. Uh, thy counsels of old are faithfulness uh, and truth. Uh, all of the Lord's, um, his will, as he's expressed in his words, uh, he, he's faithful to bring those things to pass. 
uh, and, and those things that he has expressed in and through his word are truth. Uh, they are objectively uh, truth. Uh, you may have committed Psalm 33 and verse 11 to memory. Uh, there the Lord says through the psalmist, the counsel of the Lord standeth for how long? Forever. Uh, forever. Uh, the thoughts of his heart to all generations. Well, praise God. Uh, we, we, we understand that. We're thankful for that. The Lord's counsel is eternal. Uh, and his truth, uh, the Bible says, is precious. Uh, his truth is precious. Uh, Solomon writes under inspiration, in Psalm, nope, not Psalm, Proverb, uh, Proverbs 23, 23, buy the truth and sell it not. Uh, hold on to it, treat it as precious, uh, also wisdom and instruction and understanding. Desire to gain these things from the Lord through his truth, uh, his words, hold on to it, uh, treat it as precious and valuable, uh, don't let it go. Uh, Jesus, of course, says, I am the way, the truth, uh, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father uh, but by me. And, of course, the cross is the way that he made uh, that possible. So uh, Isaiah the prophet uh, praises the Lord for his faithfulness and, and for his truth. Uh, verse 2, he praises the Lord for, uh, for additional truth. See verse 2, for thou hast made uh, of a city and heap uh, of a defensed city, a ruin, uh, a palace of strangers to be no city, uh, it shall never be built or, or rebuilt, probably is, is the idea there. Uh, and so you look at a verse like this and, and you wonder, uh, what city might he be uh, referring to? Of course, we've seen prophecy against Babylon, uh, that sort of city-state that, that is Babylon, uh, if you look ahead into uh, Revelation 18, uh, you see reference, uh, a reference to a specific city uh, in prophecy regarding the tribulation and, and, and the revel uh, let me, I'll get it, uh, the millennium to follow. Uh, there in Revelation 18 and verse 21, uh, we find reference to Babylon. Uh, Revelation 18:21 says this, a mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone and cast it into the sea, saying, thus with violence uh, shall that great city Babylon be thrown down and shall be found no more uh, at all. So that would seem to fit uh, as we compare scripture with scripture, Revelation 18:21 with Isaiah 25, 2, uh, probably a, a reference literally to that place. But, Zach, we understand as much as Babylon is a literal place in history uh, in time and, and, and geography, uh, and the Lord does have literal prophecy against that place. We also understand it seems to allude to a system, right, to the world, world philosophy, uh, the world's economic system, and we know that God desires to put that, to judge that, uh, and to put that down during the tribulation in preparation for uh, a new and better system that Christ will uh, bring into the millennium. Uh, Brother Ram, I'm going to ask again this morning, do we have some things to look forward to? We do. We praise God for that. This world is uh, so very imperfect. Uh, Christ is very perfect, and he will bring in uh, and uh, rule over uh, a perfect system uh, in the millennium. We, we look forward to that, uh, needless to say. So uh, this is the prophet um, responding to 
the revelation the Lord has given him, it's not just a tribulation period, uh, chapter 24, there is a glorious millennium to follow, and he's praising uh, the Lord uh, for that. Now, he, he looks ahead to that same time. Uh, he's praising the Lord in his day for the truth that God has revealed to him in his day. Uh, and now he begins to prophesy that in that day, uh, during the millennium, the people uh, who've been saved and, and who therefore are experiencing the millennium, uh, they too uh, will praise the Lord. And of course, we know we'll be in that business throughout uh, that time. So we see the people now praising the Lord. There's a second P uh, if, if you want to have that. <laughs> Verse 3, uh, therefore shall the strong people, uh, strong people seem to be contrasted with terrible nations uh, here in verse 3, uh, terrible uh, ones in verse 4, in verse 5, strangers, uh, at the end of verse 5, terrible ones. Uh, so strong people seem to be contrasted with terrible nations, terrible ones, uh, and strangers. And uh, in, in context, I think we do well to conclude that these strong people Brother Ray, these are those who have been strengthened by the Lord uh, throughout tribulation, perhaps, if they experience that. But moving into millennium, uh, all of the Lord's people will know a great strength in him, by him, through him. Uh, Isaiah says, therefore, shall the strong people. Now, the focus um, in this passage, and in this book, really, is Judah and, and Israel, uh, the land together, um, uh, probably is, is the idea here. Strong people being redeemed Israel, uh, all of the people of all of the land that have come to the Lord either um, th uh, in the tribulation period or, or before that. Uh, these are they who've been strengthened by the Lord. Therefore shall the strong people um, glorify thee, as Isaiah has desired to exalt, to exalt, to glorify the Lord, to praise the Lord. Uh, he's encouraged that in this future millennial time, uh, those that are strengthened from the Lord will, will do the same. They, they will glorify the Lord. They will exalt the Lord. They will praise the Lord. He says the city of the terrible nations, uh, probably uh, again an allusion to Babylon uh, as a uh, representative of perhaps the, all of the nations who sought the ruin of Israel during the tribulation, uh, leading up to uh, that, that last great final battle where, where Christ returned and put down these terrible nations uh, shall fear thee. Uh, so there's praise here. Uh, Therefore shall the strong people uh, redeemed Israel glorify thee. Uh, in the next several verses you see, begin to see some of the content uh, of, their, of their praise. Uh, so during verse 4, you see, For thou hast been a strength uh, to the poor, uh, a strength to the needy in his distress, a refuge from the storm, uh, a shadow from the heat, uh, when the blast of the terrible ones is as a storm uh, against the wall. So I think there might be a temptation to view this as the Lord protecting the people from the Assyrians or Babylonians and uh, there, there might be a, a hint at that, but in context, in the context of the preceding chapter and the chapters to follow, this uh, would, would more literally look ahead to uh, the tribulation and the millennium. People 
uh, there will be people in the millennial reign of Christ, people present there, uh, who experience the Lord's protection, uh, at least for time, during the, the tribulation period, uh, and, and they're going to be celebrating that. They're going to be glorifying the Lord that uh, he's, he, he saved their lives in the tribulation at least long enough for them to be saved. They might have been killed after that, but nonetheless, they've been resurrected now, and they're, they're in the millennium uh, because the Lord allowed them to be saved uh, in the tribulation and, and through all the difficulty that he used to bring them to faith in Christ. Uh, he was their strength. He was their refuge. He was a shadow from the heat uh, when, when the blast of the terrible ones, the, the terrible nations, the uh, Gentile nations that came against Israel during, during the tribulation, especially at the end. Verse 5, he says, Thou shalt bring down the noise of strangers, uh, these Gentile nations who opposed uh, the Israel, uh, as the heat uh, in a dry place, even the heat uh, with the shadow of a cloud, uh, the branch of the terrible ones shall be brought low. Uh, and Brother Ray, this, this is their praise. The enemies of Israel, the enemies of God's people uh, have been put down. Uh, the Lord brought them through all the trial and tribulation uh, of the great tribulation. They're saved now. They have much to praise the Lord for. Zach, we do well to remember that many of these who will be praising the Lord for that would not likely, uh, almost certainly not have been saved except for the tribulation the, that uh, caused them to stop and consider, hey, I really do need the Lord. Uh, he, we, we really have missed something. Christ really is the Messiah uh, without the sort of shaking of their spirits that will come in the tribulation. They, they would not be in a place or a position to be praising him uh, in this place. They'd be in hell. Uh, and so we, we praise the Lord for allowing the trials that bring us to him and trials in our life as believers that cause us to continue to grow. Now, Brother Mike, as, as we continue here, uh, we see that uh, the people will have lots of reasons to continue praising the Lord uh, throughout the future millennium. And, and, and we'll be there uh, experiencing these same reasons. Uh, a variety of different types of blessings that people will experience throughout this thousand-year reign of Christ uh, here upon a renewed earth. Uh, there's several types of blessings, and we could probably label them differently, but we'll see material blessings, uh, material things the Lord will bless his people with, uh, spiritual blessings. Uh, I've labeled one an emotional blessing, but spiritual and emotional really t tend to go uh, kind of hand in hand, uh, we'll see the blessing of, of death being overcome. And of course, today's a good day to see that. Uh, Christ overcame uh, death and the grave. And so we understand that uh, because of him, we, we can, we will um, as well. Uh, there'll be the blessing of enemies having been subdued. Uh, Brother Ray, we understand that we live in a nation today that has real enemies. We don't have to think too far back in our own history to think of days where uh, that, that truth has been uh, sort of forced into the forefront of, of our minds, the front of our minds. Uh, moving into the millennial reign of Christ, the enemies of God's people will, will all be put down. So uh, let's, let's take a look here. We'll just begin to make a list of the types of blessings uh, that, that, that we'll experience together with uh, Israel 
uh, in the, the, the future millennium. So we make a list here, number one, or, or letter A if you prefer, uh, the prophecy of material blessings, material blessings in the millennium. Look at verse 6. He says, and in this mountain, uh, a reference to Zion particularly, or Ju Jerusalem in general, uh, shall the Lord of hosts uh, make unto all people a feast uh, of fat things. Well, we know that there will be a feast or a supper uh, in heaven uh, after the rapture, it would seem. One of the first things that will happen in heaven after the rapture, we know there will be the, uh, the judgment seat where our uh, service will be weighed. Uh, we know that there will be the Lord's Supper, sort of the consummation of, uh, of our relationship with him uh, at the marriage supper. This would seem to be not that, but rather more of a poetic allusion to uh, the material blessings that we will know in the millennium. Uh, a feast of fat things. Uh, fat things, pictures, it's, it, biblically we understand uh, fatness versus leanness, pictures uh, God's provision of, of plenty, uh, of enough, uh, versus the trial of leanness or, or not having enough, or not having what seems to be enough. Uh, but this, so this is a, a blessing of plenty uh, that's in view here. A feast of fat things, uh, a feast of wines on the lees. We'll talk about that word in a minute. Uh, a feast of things full of marrow, of wines uh, on the lees, uh, well refined. So uh, lees there is an interesting word. It, it shows up several times in scripture. I think one time. Uh, it's translated dregs, D-R-E-G-S. Uh, the word has the idea of, of preserved or uh, that which is the result of a preservation process. Uh, wine, uh, Gary, I don't know a lot about wine, but today often it's decanted because there's a settlement in it uh, that gets decanted out before it's, it's drank. Um, uh, and th this word has kind of that idea. Uh, the word refined at the end uh, has the literal idea of straining, uh, literally, or more broadly, of, of purifying uh, through straining. And so uh, there's, there's a picture of uh, plenty being made available to God's people um, in the millennium, uh, and a picture of the purity of God's provision of plenty uh, for his people uh, in, in this future time. The Lord will provide uh, all that's needed, and Brother Ray, perhaps more, and, and he will purify all of his provision uh, for his people um, at that time. So this is probably uh, the idea here, Pro probably poetic allusions uh, to these truths, to these truths. So uh, a prophecy of material blessing uh, during the tribulation period. Uh, let's stop there and just, just consider for a moment, is God meeting your needs today? Is he? Is he? Praise God, because he promised to meet the needs of those who've sought Christ and his righteousness first. Gary, we know that needs are just that, they're needs, right? Uh, maybe not all of our uh, desires, if we've kind of set our hearts on material things, the Lord may not be giving us uh, every physical thing that, that we desire this side of heaven. But uh, he's promised to meet the needs of his people, and, and he does 
uh, and he will continue to do that. He will continue to do that. I think uh, verse 6 is, is an allusion to the truth that uh, his provision for us will be even greater in the millennium than, than now is, is, is probably the idea. So uh, there's physical or, or material blessings that we can anticipate. By the way, uh, these blessings are part of what Isaiah is blessing and extolling and exalting the Lord for in, in those first couple of verses. He's, he's receiving this prophecy of millennial blessings, and he's, he's excited about that. Uh, he says, O oh Lord, thou art my God, I will exalt thee, I will praise thy name, for thou hast done wonderful things. And yes, God had done wonderful things prior to Isaiah's life, but uh, no doubt this is sort of that prophetic perfect tense thing where he's, he's receiving this prophecy from the Lord and, uh, and praising God because he knows this prophecy is so sure, uh, so certain that it's as if it's done and he can just begin praising God for it uh, in his day, in which we can too. Uh, we could praise God for his provision and his blessings in our life today, but we can be so sure, Brother Ray, of, of millennial blessings that we could begin praising God uh, for that today also. Uh, next thing we see, uh, number two, or letter B, if you prefer, uh, spiritual blessings. Uh, spiritual blessings. Um, do this for me. Go back, if you would, just flip back to Isaiah 6. Just flip back quickly. Don't lose your place here, but flip back to Isaiah 6. We'll look at a couple verses there uh, back in Isaiah chapter 6. Uh, Isaiah chapter 6, verses 9 and 10. So uh, previously, Isaiah has prophesied uh, that because the people, Judah and Israel, uh, had largely hardened their hearts against the Lord, uh, that the Lord would judge them uh, really by hardening their hearts and their minds uh, sort of beyond their ability to understand certain spiritual truths um, a, as a result of, as a judgment for uh, the fact, the truth that they've hardened. They, they've initiated that process of hardening their hearts against the Lord. <clears throat> Look here in Isaiah 6, 9. And he said, uh, go and tell this people, hear ye indeed, but understand not, uh, and see ye indeed, but perceive not. Uh, make the heart of this people fat, uh, and make their fat is not being used here uh, as a blessing, but 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 more as a judgment. Make the heart of this people fat. Make their ears heavy, uh, and shut their eyes, lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart, uh, and convert and be healed. So, uh, because they had shut out the Lord and His truth and hardened their hearts and closed their eyes and shut their ears to Him. Uh, his, his calls to repent and to be restored to a right walk with him because they had rejected those calls and his truth. Lord says, you know, I'm, I'm just going to shut your eyes. I'm going to shut your ears. I'm going to harden your hearts. Um, if you don't mind, flip ahead to Matthew 13. I want to just look at this idea in the New Testament as well. We'll stop flipping around here in a minute, but, but jump ahead, if you would, to Matthew uh, 13. Jesus spoke to this judgment, the truth of this consequence of the people having hardened their heart against the Lord um, back um, in Isaiah's day, before that and after that as well. Um, Jesus referred to this during his, uh, his earthly ministry in Matthew 13, beginning in verse 14. Jesus said, Matthew records, 
Uh, and in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. Who's that? Isaiah, which saith, By hearing ye shall hear, and shall not understand, and seeing ye shall see, and, uh, and, and shall not perceive. For this people's heart is wax gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes uh, they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and should understand with their hearts, and should be converted, and, and I should heal them. Of course, Jesus is referring to those that had hardened their hearts against him, uh, even in his day, even as he had come uh, as a man, their, their Messiah, uh, the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and, and others uh, who had continued to harden their hearts against the Lord despite all the advantages they had of seeing him minister and hearing him speak, uh, Jesus uh, referred to the, them being the fulfillment uh, of Isaiah's prophecy um, in his day. I won't turn there, but Paul also alluded to this truth in his writing to the Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 3. He said, their minds were blinded for until this day remaining with the same veil untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament, which veil is done away uh, in Christ. So uh, come back to our passage, if you would. Come back to Isaiah 25 and verse 6. Um, Isaiah has previously prophesied that there would be uh, a spiritual veil over the eyes of, of the people who had hardened their hearts against the Lord. Uh, it's really the Jewish people in, in general, uh, in general, probably less those who had in fact uh, placed their faith in the Lord. Uh, thankfully, Isaiah is um, able, as the Lord has revealed to him, uh, to give prophecy that during the millennium, uh, this would be a time where that veil has been lifted. Uh, people came to Christ during the tribulation, uh, and the veil uh, between them and, and their, the veil over their understanding, uh, the veil over truth has, has been lifted in Christ as they've come to him. Uh, and so they're in a place now uh, in their walk with the Lord where they're able to hear truth and receive truth and understand truth uh, and, and to walk in truth because of the spiritual blessing of this veil that was a judgment now having been lifted. And this, this now becomes a blessing. This is the idea in verse 7, I believe. Verse 7 says, he will, And he will destroy in this mountain the face of the covering cast over all people uh, and the veil that is spread over all nations, uh, most certainly including Israel. Now, verse 7, the beginning of verse 7 says, he will destroy in this mountain. Zach, what mountain? Verse 6 says, in this mountain also. And then verse 7 says, and he will destroy in this mountain uh, what, what mountain is, is he referring to? What mount or mountain uh, might he be referring to? Do you have a thought? It's okay. Probably Zion, where the cross, uh, probably the place of the cross. It's, it's because of the cross that this is possible. The blessings that people, uh, well, let me back up. The blessings that we experience today are possible because of what? Christ and the cross, right? Uh, our, our lives would not be lives that, that God could view, God the Father could view uh, as, as worthy of blessing. I understand he's gracious, I understand he's merciful, uh, but, but I don't think our, our lives would be um, um, 
seen as sufficiently righteous to warrant his blessing uh, without that which Christ accomplished on the cross at, at Zion. So I said I don't think, but I know, I'm quite sure that that's the case. Uh, and so the blessing that's in view in verse 6 is possible because what Christ accomplished on, uh, Isaiah says, this mountain, Zion, uh, the blessing of this uh, judgment of veiled understanding is, is destroyed uh, by the cross. That, that is possible because of the cross also uh, in verse 7. So this is, this is probably the idea. Let's, let's keep moving here. Uh, a third blessing or letter C if you prefer. Uh, this is a good one for any day, but particularly this day, Resurrection Sunday. Uh, the physical blessing of death and the grave uh, being overcome. Verse 8 is a famous verse. Uh, Isaiah writes, he will swallow up death in victory. Uh, he will swallow up death in victory. And of course, <clears throat> if verses 6 and 7 allude to the place of the cross, uh, it's the place where he died. <clears throat> he was then buried. Uh, and of course, on the third day, as was prophesied, he rose again, uh, swallowing up death in victory. <clears throat> and the Lord will wipe away tears from off all faces, and, and the rebuke of his people shall he take away from off all the earth, possible because of the cross. Uh, for the Lord hath spoken it, and so you can believe it. Uh, the cross makes this possible, uh, and you can believe this because the Lord, the Lord is saying this. So I would not have you flip around much more, but uh, would you do me the favor of flipping ahead to 1 Corinthians? Do you want to guess the chapter? Uh, 1 Corinthians 15. Uh, go there if you would, please. It's too good not to go there. Uh, 1 Corinthians 15, of course, in chapter 15, uh, first, Paul's first inspired letter, at least to the Corinthians, he, he deals with the gospel and he defines it as referring to the death, the burial, and the resurrection uh, of Christ. And if you come, it's a longer chapter, but uh, 1 Corinthians 15, let's pick it up in uh, verse 51. Verse 51, he says, Behold, I show you a mystery. Uh, biblically, a mystery is something that was unknown or unrevealed, but then was revealed by the Lord. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, uh, but we shall all we shall all be changed. Will not our bodies will not remain dead forever, uh, but rather will be changed. Verse fifty-two. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, uh, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, the dead shall be raised incorruptible, uh, and we shall be what? Change. This is our resurrection at the rapture. Uh, for this corruptible body must put on incorruption. Uh, and this mortal man must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, <clears throat> excuse me, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, now see the next phrase, please, death is swallowed up in victory. Uh, what phrase is Paul alluding to? What passage is he alluding to when he says, 
it is, uh, it is written, is written, death shall be swallowed up in victory. Where is he alluding to? What passage is he alluding to? Isaiah 25. <laughs> yeah. And so if you don't have a note in your Bible, you make a note there. Hey, he's alluding back to uh, the prophecy that Isaiah gave in Isaiah 25, 8 specifically. Then uh, he goes on, and of course, famous verses here. O death, uh, 55, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And so the mountain that Isaiah refers to, no doubt, is, is Zion, the place of the cross, uh, and the blessings that are available to believers, uh, Jews and Gentiles alike, in the millennium. Uh, physical and material blessings, spiritual blessings, uh, the death of uh, the blessing of death and the grave being overcome as it was for Christ first, uh, now to all believers whose bodies have been resurrected, uh, perfected, and made incorruptible, uh, and these being the bodies that believers possess during, during the millennium. And so this is, this is the thing that uh, has caused Isaiah to desire to praise the Lord, to exalt the Lord. He's excited about these things, and uh, of course we should too. Come back to our Isaiah passage, please. Uh, Isaiah 25 and, and verse 9, we'll, we'll look at a couple more things here quickly and, and we'll be done. Uh, uh, let's see, A, B, C, D, number 4, blessing number 4, or letter D, emotional blessings. Uh, joy and rejoicing, gladness, joy and rejoicing. Verse 9, he says, And it shall be said in that day, Lo, this is our God. We've waited for him, uh, and he will save us. This is the Lord. We've waited for him. Uh, sure enough, those in, well, those of us today were waiting for the rapture and for his return. And those who were, the Lord was dealing with during the tribulation period, they were, they were waiting for him also, uh, having come to faith in Christ. Uh, we've waited for him. We will be glad. The underlying word is also translated joyful elsewhere. Uh, and rejoice in his salvation, in the salvation that Jesus made possible uh, at that mount, <laughs> at that mount, the cross that we saw last Sunday morning. Uh, earlier in Isaiah 12 and verse 3, uh, Isaiah wrote, therefore, with joy shall you draw water out of the wells of salvation. Later in Isaiah 66 and verse 14, we'll see, uh, your heart shall rejoice and your bones shall flourish like an herb. The hand of the Lord shall be known toward his servants and his uh, indignation toward his enemies. Uh, this is an occasion for gladness and joy uh, and rejoicing. Lord, fill our hearts with gladness and joy uh, and rejoicing as we consider, as we reflect on, as we meditate all the blessings that we know today because of Christ, all the blessings that we will know down through the millennium, uh, bless you, be, because of Christ. I'll give you one more, or maybe two more cross-references. Psalm 95 and verse 1. The psalmist commands, O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. And so, uh, here in the next hour, when it's time to sing, we have some things to sing about, church. Uh, we have some things to sing about. Keep these uh, things in mind. 
A, B, C, D, E, or number five, uh, the blessing of enemies subdued. Uh, I mentioned this already, but the blessing, millennial blessing of enemies having been subdued. Verse 10, for in this mountain shall the hand of the Lord rest, uh, and Moab shall be trodden down under him, uh, even as a straw is trodden down for the dunghill. So we know that, that we've seen prophecy against Moab. Uh, we know that this is enemy nation. Uh, Moab would be modern Jordan today. I think that's, that's clear to us. Um, probably uh, used uh, here as an allusion to all of the Arab uh, enemies, the, the Muslim enemies uh, of God's people today. Of course, uh, they, are, they have chosen to be enemies against Israel and, and the Jewish people, uh, many of whom have also chosen to make themselves enemies of, of other Western nations as well. That obviously has been a very significant problem for this nation and other Western nations, but will not be in the millennium. Uh, all of these enemies will have been put down uh, at Armageddon. That will be a great blessing. That will be a great blessing. Uh, verse 11 describes this poetically, pictures the Lord kind of slicing through Moab and dealing with Moab. Uh, uses the, sort of an illustration of a swimmer slicing through the water as he swims. Uh, they're swimming in the Bible. Did you know that? Verse 11, as he spread forth his hands in the midst of them, uh, as he that swimmeth spreadeth forth his hands to swim, he shall bring, so, sorry, and he shall bring down their pride together with the spoils uh, of their hands. And so this, this would be the idea. Um, verse 12, in the fortress of the high fort of thy walls shall he bring down, lay low, uh, and bring to the ground, even to the dust. Uh, the enemies of Israel, uh, the enemies of God, uh, subdued uh, once and for all. Gary, I know that at the end of the millennium, uh, Satan will be released and allowed to lead a final revolt. Uh, Isaiah's not talking about that. It's not, it's not the last time God's people will face an enemy, but it's the last time that these particular earthly enemies will be permitted to revolt against the Lord. When we get to the millennium, that will be done. That will be done. We praise God for that. Uh, we better stop there and pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, this morning for this great chapter. Lord, we thank you so much for um, the millennial blessings that you've revealed to Israel and to all of your people. Uh, Lord, we're blessed today with salvation. Lord, we're blessed today with uh, a God who's promised to meet our needs. Father, we thank you for the blessings that you pour into our lives today. Material things, physical things, spiritual things, emotional blessings. Lord, thank you. Father, I thank you that uh, we know that uh, you will continue to bless your people into the future. Uh, Lord, we'll, we'll know so many more blessings from you. Uh, beyond the tribulation into the millennium and all the way through it. Lord, we thank you this morning for the certainty uh, of these blessings. Lord, I pray as we move into the next hour that uh, you'll help us to uh, continue to focus our, our hearts upon these truths. And uh, as Isaiah desired to exalt you, to worship you, uh, Lord, that, that we would have hearts to do the same, that we would sing out and praise you, uh, and worship you just exactly as you deserve. Lord, work in 
my heart this morning. Work in each heart this morning. Father, we love you. We thank you. We praise you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, thank you very much for being here for Sunday School this morning. We'll see you back here shortly.